right now, I just want all of us to put our mind and our heart and our spirit on Jesus right now. No matter what kind of week we had this past week, I want us to put our mind on the Savior, on the Redeemer, on the Lamb. I want us to think about Him instead of our troubles. Think about Him instead of our hearts. We're going to think about Him instead of anything that's bothering us right now. We just want to uplift his name right now. We want to give him all the glory because the Bible said that everything that's half breath praise the Lord. But right now, we're going to praise the Lord. You know, we don't have to yell and everything. We just want to just sit here in a moment and just uplift his name. Close your eyes. Bow your head. Lift up holy hands. And just think about Jesus. Think about how God kept you from last Monday. Think about how he kept you from last Tuesday. Think about how he kept you from last Wednesday, from last Thursday, from last Friday. Just think about how he kept you throughout the night. When you didn't say good night, but he said good morning tonight. Think about how he woke you up this morning. Think about how he started you on your way with activities of your limb. He kept you in the right mind. He kept food on your refrigerator. He kept clothes on your back. He got activities of your limb. Come on now. Some of y'all can just stand up right now and think about the activities of your legs that you've been able to stand up. Because some people in the hospital right now can't even stand up right now. So stand up right now. And people at home can't even stand up. Because they're bedridden right now. You know, two people right now that's bedridden. They wish they could stand up like how we can. They wish they could raise some holy hands like how we can. They wish they could clap their hands like how we can. They wouldn't make stuff they feel like that for them. A friend of mine is very rich right now. She's been like that for years. And she wishes she could do what we're doing right now. That she can come in the house of the Lord right now and give him all glory. Raise her hand. You know, we don't think about the goodness of Jesus. Think about how he died for us. He died as us. And he was raised on the third day for us. He did everything for us. Thank you. 
We send everything away from our mind that distracts, that defeats, and that depresses. And we put everything in our mind that is holy, faithful, and righteous. Let us pray. Most holy and divine God, God of holiness, righteousness, goodness, and truth. Father, we come before you today in your holy temple, Heavenly Father, to honor your name. We honor you, Heavenly Father, because there is none like you and none but you. We honor you today, Heavenly Father, because you are the creator of all things, the redeemer of all things, and sustainer of all things. We honor you today, Heavenly Father, for you are the one who makes all things exist and consist. We glorify you for your might. We glorify you for your mind. We glorify you for your spirit. Father, please forgive us of our sins and transgressions against you. Forgive us, Heavenly Father, of everything that we thought. Forgive us for everything that we've done. Forgive us for everything that we spoke. We ask that you remove and forgive us for these things right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we call upon you, Heavenly Father, as David did, saying, creating us a clean heart and renew within us the right spirit. Father, we call upon you today because we need your help right now. Father, look down upon your saints and lift us up, lift us up out of the miry clay, Heavenly Father. Lift us up out of the den. Lift us up out of the furnace right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Heavenly Father, that everyone who is around this altar who feels any sense, Heavenly Father, Lord God, of brokenness, that you begin to heal it right now. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that you begin to send your power down right now and renew and rejuvenate your people. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that you bless us with a new devotion, a new diligence, Heavenly Father, a new spirit of deliverance. I ask right now that you do it in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray right now that you cast out the devil, Heavenly Father. Every device of an unrighteous thing right now, I pray that you remove it out this place in Jesus' name. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you look down upon the houses, Lord God. Lift the roofs up off the houses, Lord God, and let your spirit down in somebody's bedroom. Let your spirit down in somebody's living room. I pray that you do it right now in the name of Jesus. Go by the jail cell, Lord God, in the hospital, Lord God. I pray that you will sit down with the Lord God and talk to us in this hour right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that men and women, boys and girls, all around this country will fall down on their knees and begin to pray to you again. I pray right now in Jesus' name that the Holy Ghost will begin to go inside houses again. That you will sit down with your people and talk to your people. I pray that you bring people back who have lost the way. I pray that you lift people up and turn them down. Father God, I pray that you do it today. In the mighty name of Jesus, touch this clergy right now, Lord God, with your hand of divine love. Touch this choir right now, Heavenly Father, with your hand of divine love. Touch this deacon Lord right now, with your hand of divine love. Touch the ushers right now, Lord God, with your hand of divine love. Touch the nurses right now, Heavenly Father, with your hand of divine love. Touch every member right now, with your hand of divine love. Praise Heavenly Father, let your power come in right now, Lord God, as your name is called in this place. Lord God, everybody online who's looking, I pray that they hear the power of God inside their house. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that death and 
If you got to be disobedient in God's house, I feel like it today. If you got to be disobedient in God's house, go home. Go home. Go home. If you can stand up on your feet and God has given you the ability to do so, do so. If you can't because of your illness and your infirmity, I understand. But if you got two good legs, stand up in God's house today. Because what you should have did is woke up this morning with your mind. Stand on
shepherd of this house, the one and the only Pastor R.M. Pittman. Come on, we can serve.
We sing that song, I'm chasing after you. Yeah. But has God ever run up on you? I mean, you ever said, pull up, Lord, and he did. And when he showed up, he showed out. Then after the turnaround, he turns around and tells you, don't tell nobody. What a predicament when it seems that my experience with God is contradicting my theology of God. What a predicament. How can I not testify of what God has done? When Luke told me that Jesus said, if we don't praise him, the very rocks will cry out. What a predicament when I know that they say, make a joyful noise. The preacher just said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But when I have a one-on-one with Jesus, he told me, don't tell nobody. Somebody got to make it make sense to me. Somebody got to let me know. Why would he say, make a joyful noise, but keep the testimony? See, it's not a contradiction. It's just an indication of the turn of the season. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So my assignment is to tell you the time is up for sleeping and now is the time for the church to wake up. This is your wake up call. See, if you're like me, it takes a few alarms for me to actually get up. I gotta set six or seven type of mini alarms before the final alarm where I actually get up. Let's consider this your several alarms before the actual trumpet sounds. This is your wake up call before it's time to get up. Uh, there's three particular wake up calls that God wants to stress to the body of Christ. The first wake-up call comes in, you gotta decide whose word you will receive. The second wake-up call is you got to decipher the company in which you keep. The third wake-up call is you have to have the proper response after you receive. And lastly, you just got to get ready and stay ready because it's time to eat. Now, I know we all like synopsis. Some of you may not have been here when Jonathan Taylor, minister, preached a woman with the issue. I'll just run through it real quick just in case somebody didn't read their Bible lately. So, Marta, Jesus gets off the boat. Meanwhile, Jairus is at home. He looks and assesses the situation. His 12-year-old daughter lays dying, so he believes. So he runs for help because this is an emergency. First of all, you need to have the proper response in emergency situations. I don't need somebody when it hits the fan that they freeze and don't know what to do. Jairus immediately, he was in the streets with it. Not for bad purposes, but to seek his savior. He went and found Jesus through the press and the throng. And he asked him a four-part prayer request. He asked him to come, lay hands, heal her body so she can live. Immediately, Jesus answers the first one. He goes with them. Then we're into 
interrupted by a commercial break of praise and miracles brought to us by the woman with the issue. Out of nowhere, she comes, she touched the hem of his garment, she gets the blessing that she expected, and then Jesus stops and says, who touched my clothes? The disciples didn't even understand. They're like, everybody touching you. But there's a difference when someone with faith touches God and someone without touches God. So she knew that it was her touch that touched him that made him turn around. So she says, Jesus, it was me. This would happen. I testify, and this is what it is. As he says, your faith is the key. Your faith made you whole. So then he says, daughter, go in peace. And behold, of thy plan. While Jesus is still talking, here comes a rude interruption from some negative Nancy bringing a negative word, telling Jairus that his daughter doesn't die. First pause. My question is, how do you know she died when you ain't even at the house? You gotta be careful about whose words you receive. Beware of people trying to tell you the story and they weren't even there. So listen, he tells the story, and while he's speaking, Jesus immediately turns and he says, be not afraid, only believe. So then, they go, Jesus decides, everybody can't go, I'm going to take the three with me, and then we're going to go to the house. He goes to the house, he surveys the scenes, he sees that they just climbing and acting a fool. They are weeping and wailing, and Jesus is like, what is all of this? He steps into the house, and he says, why y'all crying like this? She ain't even there, she sleep. And they laugh. Pause. They thought Jesus had jokes. But then in the B clause it says, and when he had put them all out. Who's laughing now? Uh, so he puts them out the house. Then he takes the other five that were with him. They go into the room, which makes six. And now the girl is there, so that is seven. Mm, seven in the room. We'll get back to that. And then after he gets in the room, he sits by her bed, he takes her hand, he says, God, look come me. She gets up there, she walks, and everybody's like, oh my God, look what Jesus did. And then he says, don't tell nobody. Matter of fact, why don't you give that girl something to eat? That's your synopsis. But we don't take out these little points, because this is everybody's wake-up call. The first wake-up call I said was in the word that you receive. Look at the text. First of all, you have to decide which word you will receive because everybody is talking, but who is actually saying something of substance? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall Decipher 
the motivation. The only way he could have preached impossibility, the only way he could have got there so swiftly is if he left as soon as Jairus did. You didn't even stay long enough to get the report. Second of all, you are not a doctor. That should be enough for you right there. Jesus is the doctor. And he says, be not afraid, only believe. See, I know you're still wondering whose word you should believe. Here's the answer. You need to roll with Jesus. Because if anybody knows how to raise a dead body, my Savior in Christ knows how to raise a dead body. Huh, so you got to think about whose word you will receive. Who's preparing your daily bread and feeding it to you? You have to know, I am a living witness. I had a man cook a meal for me. It tasted so good. The next day I found out that he had poisoned me. You have to recognize and discern the meal that you are eating, as well as the chef that's trying to prepare it. The only word that you need to eat the only word that you need to drink is the word of the living God. Yeah. See, certain yeah. in the Greek means letter. But Jesus in the Greek means logos. No. You need to let go of the let go and hang on to the logos. Okay? That word is death. But Jesus came that we might have life. And have it more abundant. Now listen, the second thing, this is two-part point. Because you gotta decipher the company you keep. Mm, some of us, you know the crime of being guilty by association. You don't want to be found guilty in the streets with God. Listen, he looks at them, he says, okay. Nobody else can come. There's 12 disciples, but he only chooses three. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about it. There's 12 laborers. Talk about it. There's 12 on the board. There's 12 deacons and trustees, but he only chooses three. Now, we know for obvious reasons why he ain't choose Judas. <laughs> Talk it here, Talk it here. But why did he choose these three? Look at this. First of all, he chose them because they were his inner circle. Right. He rolled with 12, but only three were his inner circle. You may roll with 12, but only three are your real circle. Everybody that's hanging around you cannot handle what God is about to show you in your life.
The real reason why I think he shows these things Come on. is because after the Last Supper, yeah. when Judas went on his snitching mission, uh-huh. <laughs> he took the eleven to the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Yeah. He separated them then, yeah. and he took these three yeah. into the yeah. inner part of the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. You know the Garden of Gethsemane. It's where he famously prayed the three-part trilogy. It could be possible. Let this cup pass for me. You read a little further, you'll find out every time Jesus came back from praying, uh-huh. these three were the ones who were asleep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the reason why the others didn't go, because they didn't understand the situation. They didn't understand why this girl was asleep. See, he couldn't take Thomas with him. Thomas don't understand a nap. He don't understand closing your eyes and taking a nap. He understands based on his faith, he only believes what he can see. My God. That's what Thomas believes. But he chose these three because they know the value and the difference between being dead and being asleep. So many people have said that you are dead. So many people have said your marriage is dead. Your family is dead. Your children will be dead. But God said, it's not a dead mission. This is just your way of calling. So you can't take people who don't understand your situation. You can't tell everybody everything that's going on in your life. Because the truth of the matter is, there are some people who just cannot hold water. Preach. 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 So why would you tell them? Here's a clue with whether or not you should tell that person your business. If when you talk to that person, they tell you somebody else's business, that ain't the one you should tell your business. If you really want your business to be secret, I suggest you do like Jairus did and take it straight to Jesus. That's right. That's right. He know how to keep a secret as well as a promise. Okay. So after he divides the disciples and they come to the house, he surveys the scene like a good first responder. Ain't it funny he saw what was going on in the house without ever stepping in the house? See, it's in this moment that he taps into his 100% God. He shows them the power of El Roi, the God who sees. He sees everything, even if you think what you did in the dark couldn't come to life. See, we might behave a little better if we thought about every time we did something that Jesus is right there. The truth of the matter is, Jesus is right there. Yeah, yeah. So don't do it no more, amen? That's your wake-up call. Amen. Listen, so he looks at the house. He sees it. That's what the Bible says. He sees the tumult. Now this see is not the same as to behold or to look. (laughs) There's a difference when Jesus sees you. This see in the Greek means veil. It means to view attentively and to discern. When was the last time you looked at your situation and truly discerned what was going on? That you didn't decide from your emotions and didn't always blame it on the devil. 
If you right. will tap into right. the power of Holy Spirit, he will allow you to discern, to decipher, to differentiate what is really going on. You keep accepting the narrative that they got. You got to decipher the truth from the lie. Remember 50 years ago, they said that wasn't the thing. Now they're pushing this certain narrative. We need to ask God, what is really going on? Not only in our lives, but in our families. Not only in your family, but in your house. So he surveys the thing. He discerns yeah. everything. And then he steps into the house. Yeah. Is Jesus welcome at your house? Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Every day. Because, yeah. you know, we got certain days when certain people can't come to the house. Is Jesus welcome in your house? Yeah. And when you welcome him in your house, you better make sure everybody in the house is on the same accord. Yeah. Ecclesiastes tells us that there's a time to weep, weep, and a time to laugh. Yeah. The problem in the text, this wasn't a time for either. When he was outside the house, he saw that they were crying. Yeah. This was not a time to cry. Because when he stepped in the house, he said, why make ye this ado? And yeah. we, the devil is not dead, but sleepeth. Yeah. And then they laughed. Yeah. It wasn't a time for laughing either. This was a serious moment to witness the movement and power of the son of the living yeah. God. Yeah. And because they did not know and recognize the true word of God, what did Jesus do? Let me introduce you to put you out the house, Jesus. See, it's one thing. I've been put out of plenty of places for plenty of reasons. It's one thing to be put out for telling someone the truth. It's another thing when God puts you out because you won't receive the truth. That's fire. We have to stop looking at everything in our natural mind. Yeah. You have to tap into your spiritual mind to see exactly what is going on. It's not the person that hates you. It's the spirit within them. And if you were tapped into Holy Spirit, you could decipher which spirit it is. Everything is not the spirit of Jezebel. There's a lion spirit. Adulterous spirit. There's different spirits. We can't contribute everything to one thing. But if you tap into the third power of Holy Spirit, because we love God, Father, we love Jesus, but we know nothing about Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is the one who is your lifeline. He's the one that keeps you tapped in so that you may live and not die. So he puts them out the house because they didn't recognize the word. Yeah. How many of y'all need to put something or somebody out your house right now? You need to put depression out of your house. Yeah. You need to put bad relationships out of your house. Sometimes you have to put some certain 
of the house. This is what my great granny told me. If you can't follow my rules in my house, there's the door and you can get out. That's the problem. We're disobedient children. And some of us, we don't get on the right line. Jesus will put us out. Don't believe that you'll never get put out. Because there's a thing called a reprobate mind. When even God gets tired of your shenanigans. God gets tired of the disobedience. He said, you want the world? Have at it. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. See, certain people can't be in my house doing certain things around my children. Certain people cannot be in my house saying anything around the kids. The girl was in the other room. They weren't speaking life. They were speaking death. Let me tell you how fake they are. Because they were just crying. Yeah. Then the word came forth and they started laughing. Yeah. You mean you had the capability to bring joy in my house and you decided yeah. that misery loves company? Now, baby girl, you got to get out. Because this is a house of love. This is a house of joy. This is a house of miracles. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Invite him in. It said he'll pull up on you. 
So after he comes in, they go into the room with the girl. Jesus lays his hands on her. He says, Kuni, which means, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Here's the thing. If you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they are older, they will never depart from it. The father believed in the son of God. Therefore, when he spoke to the girl, she recognized his voice. See, you can't respond to everybody. You have to recognize the signs and the sound of the true word of God. Because there are some people that manipulate you and twist the word. It kind of sounds like it, but it really ain't. Just the death of a lie can destroy your soul. This girl hears the word of Jesus. And she obeyed his word. Wow. How many times Sunday after Sunday we have heard the word of God. He has told you to do things. He has told you to elevate. He has told you to walk in your purpose. And yet we have not obeyed the word of God. You cannot stay sleeping this season. You have to wake up to the truth of what is going on. Trust the word of God and not the word of man. Right, right, exactly. So she hears his voice. She gets up. And it says she walked. At first I thought she was being disobedient. Because all he said was, damsel, arise. Yeah, yeah. She arose and she walked. Wow. Now, I had to dig deep, had to look in the chapter. Yeah. Why would she get up and walk right. when all he said was arise? Yeah. You have to go back to the original prayer request. He said, come, lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and shall live. Now listen, anybody who has ever tried to revive a dead body, you have to know you don't stop until you see signs of life. Right. This girl not only arose from the word of God, but something on the inside of her had her to show that she was alive. We have to adjust our prayer request because many of us only ask for people to be healed. They get better, but then they die. You have to complete the prayer request, not only that he will come, lay his hands, that supposed to do, but this is a 12-year-old little girl. 
And they are astonished by this. Because they're witnessing something that they ain't never seen before. They're witnessing this girl show them what they should do. When God speaks to you, you ought to get up. When God directs you, you ought to move. Yeah. If God says, get up and make a joyful noise, you don't know yeah. this might be the last time you have a yeah. voice. So ask you, can somebody make a joyful noise? Yeah. Somebody arise, like I got the wake up call. I'm not going to sleep on God. Yeah. I'm not going to sleep on myself. And I'm not going to sleep on the kingdom. She did things that they had never done. Now, we would think the proper response was to be astonished. Because we think astonished means to be amazed. That's not what it means in the Bible. Astonished means that they literally lost their mind. They went crazy when they saw God do what they asked him to do. This is the point where you got to get ready to eat. How is it that we ask God to cook us a meal, then when he prepares it and lays it before us, we can't even believe that he done did it. They couldn't believe, they couldn't believe she was just asleep. But he had the power to wake her up. The same Jairus that just saw him heal the woman with the issue from a touch, now that he has touched Worshiping. Wow. Come on now. 
So he tells them, don't tell anyone. Then he commands that they be, that she be given something to eat. That's the proper response. When God proves who he is, you need to consume who he is. You need to truly get your daily bread. You need to drink this living water. Set an alarm to read a verse a day, a chapter a day, a book a day. Make some time for God because he made time for us when he woke us up this morning. And just Sunday ain't enough. Come on, come on, come on. Amen, Walt. Come on, Holy Ghost. This is a relationship, not a religion. This is an everyday connection with the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one that is greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You got to tap in to your power source. And you got to eat the true meal. Quit eating this fake meat. Yeah. This cold meat. Come on now. Artificial. That's it. Going on now. Yeah. Going on now. This is the real deal. Oh. You can fast and still be fed. Come on. Witness. They tainted your water, but this is the living water. to eat the true source. That's why we have so many health issues. Come on. You worried about the wrong body. Your spiritual body is what matters. Again, sure, present your body as a living sacrifice, but that includes your soul. This little girl showed them who governed her soul. Because 12 is the number of government. Who governs your son. Come on now. I like it when you're quiet. This is your wake up. My God, Holy Ghost. Choose ye this day. Whom you will serve. Because many people came to God when the world shut down. And as soon as it opened back up, they left God. God is calling you to come back into his house. Because this is a house of love. How prophetic this illustration is. You know, about sleeping and people thinking you're dead. When Jesus walked from judgment hall to judgment hall, there was a chaos in the house. Because uh, back then, they didn't have courtrooms. Court was held in the judge's house. So he was in the house and people were lying on him. They did not believe the true word of the son of the living God as they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They brought him to a hill called Goliath. And they pierced him in his hands. They pierced him in his feet. He hung there. He bled. And he also was declared dead. On a Friday, he stayed dead. On a Saturday, he stayed dead. But early Sunday morning, Jesus got the best wake-up call there ever was. Holy Spirit had touched him and told him, this is the day that 
This is a microphone. You better stay away from this, blood. You get started with this. Let's say, BP, we played with it. Now we got to stay with it. Come on. One more time for Reverend Andrea Thomas. Y'all have a good week. Just push the button. <laughs>